Hello, hello, Mediaverse members, and welcome to Mediaverse Unwrapped, where we bring our non-toxic Facebook community of Marvel fans to life. I'm your host, Max Taff, and I'm joined by the Fleur Kitten to my Carol Danvers, Megan Spangler. Hello, people. We have a huge episode, so sit down and buckle up. Buckle up. On today's episode, we're discussing our review of the Marvels, all the Easter eggs you missed, and so much more. Let's dive in. Let's do it. All right, so spoiler alert for those of you who have not yet seen the Marvels. We will be discussing the episode in depth, including all plot points, narratives, Easter eggs, surprises, and minute details. So if you have not seen it, save this for when you have. That is your warning. Tread cautiously. <laughs> the Marvels, directed by Nia DaCosta. The Captain Marvel sequel is the shortest MCU movie, and it uses its limited running time effectively. The Marvels brings together Carol Danvers, Brie Larson, Kamala Khan, played by Iman Balani, and Monica Rambeau, played by Tiana Paris, in a cosmic adventure that features some hilarious gags, including an adorable yet terrifying horde of Fleur Kittens being used to evacuate a space station, along with one of Marvel's most innovative action sequences in recent memory, which features its three leading heroes swapping places and enemies when their light-based powers become entangled. Oof. They were so great, the fight scenes. I loved them. I was obsessed. That fight scene when they're switching places, the first one, oh my God. I haven't seen anything like that since Shang-Chi. Man, it was so good. I, and you know what? The funny thing is I knew it was going to be good because I remember in the trailers, they were kind of teasing like those little, that, that that specific fight sequence like a little bit. You can kind of see it. They were doing like a little, little teases and flashes of it, but seeing it all together, oh my God, it was so epic. Well, uh, about two weeks before the movie dropped, Marvel released a featurette that had i want to say like 30 seconds of that fight scene and so that was when everyone was like oh they mean business yeah so that i didn't was, see that um but yeah oh man it was so good it, it, they did really mean business you're right like i just <laughs> i loved just the flow like that i don't know it was it was just chef kiss just loved it just ate it up so good it was so well done oh my god uh I can't wait to see it again. So well choreographed and just incredible. But all right, let's dive into this. So the antagonist is a Cree leader named Darben, played by Zawe Ashton, who is a, a British actress. And also, fun fact, happens to be the wife of our very own Loki, a.k.a. Tom Hiddleston in real life, uh, who is attempting to steal natural resources from various alien planets in order to revitalize her dying homeworld, the Cree planet Apollo. Vilani's Kamala Khan is a source of pure joy in her role as the annoying yet lovable younger sister to her two older teammates. The film does a great job of tying the events and style of Miss Marvel into its story with Kamala's big screen reintroduction coming in the form of one of her playful animated fan fiction works, not unlike the Endgame mini doc that opened her series. Kamala's bangle and its counterpart, which Darben finds in the Marvels, are crucial to the events of the film after appearing in the series under mysterious circumstances. And the rest of the Khan family, Muniba, played by Zenobia Shroff, Yusuf, played by Mohan Kapoor, and Amir, played by Sakar Shaikh, sorry if I'm pronouncing that wrong, <laughs> provide some of the funniest and most heartwarming moments in the Marvels, just as they did in the Miss Marvel series. Uh, perhaps best of all, it doesn't really matter if you didn't watch the series ahead of the movie because the important parts get explained anyway. The connections between the two projects just make everything in the Marvels click a little better. It's true. I have to say, her family, oh my god, her mom, like, just a scene stealer in every part of the film that she was in. I loved her, I, and I loved her in the series too. Like, I'm just so happy we got to see her back so soon. She had no right to be so good. At what she does, because she really did steal every scene. I think that they made it that way because, you know, the the weird stuff, the weird, like, stuff that was said about the dad, which I won't get into, just, you know, it's triggering. So I think they did uh, yeah. kind of diminish his character more for her. And the brother was mm -hmm. cracking me up the entire time. Yeah, like I just I, I love I loved Miss Marvel. Let me start off by saying that like it's honestly it's it's one of my top Disney Plus series. Like it's really up there. I just felt like the narrative was so well done. The writing was so solid. I love the introduction of these characters. I thought Kamala 
was fantastic. Iman Vellani is amazing in the role. Honestly, if like when you watch Iman, even in this film, like she's so natural on camera. She's such a natural actress. Um, mm-hmm. It's like she's been doing it all her life. It's they, and in reality, this is like her first role. This is her second yeah. project she's ever done as an actress. Like it's it's insane how talented she is and how comfortable she is and how like she just brings the energy of someone who's been in this industry forever. It's insane. I to do. Me. I do think it's her passion that drives her, because um, she is she's mm-hmm. living all of our dreams. She's the ultimate Marvel nerd <sighs> that is living out her wildest dream as, as being a Marvel hero that she's always looked up to, the one she's always loved. And it's just so it's yeah. incredible to see someone living their dreams out loud. It's just insane to me. She's so humble and grateful for it. It's so refreshing. Yes. No, it's so true. She she definitely always comes from a very humble place. She's She comes to places like, oh, I'm just happy to be here. But really, it's like, you deserve to be here, girl. You're really good. And I, I, I enjoy her interviews, too. Like, the ones that she started doing finally after the strikes ended and um, all the late night and, you know, daytime talk shows she's been on with. Um, just She's just, it's so awesome to see how she's grown in just a short amount of time. Because didn't uh, Miss Marvel come out just last year? It wasn't that long ago. Yeah, it wasn't that long ago. And she started doing press for the marvels the day after the strikes ended that's when she started surprising fans by showing up to uh movie premieres for it and it's just so cool to see her be such a team player for the movie and just jump right in and see where she can help Oh, totally. I mean, it, she's, she's, she loves, you can tell that she really loves Marvel. She loves the MCU. I mean, we all know about Iman Balani's, you know, little, little book of questions she has for Kevin Feige. She's as invested in this as any of us diehard fans are. Um, she's currently in the process of writing her own Miss Marvel comics for Marvel Comics right now. So, I mean, it just, she continues to impress me with her dedication to this role and her passion for it. And, and she's she's doing the damn thing. I mean, she's killing it right now. And I couldn't be prouder. Like I love I love the dedication. I love the hard work she's putting in. I love, you know, just how she, how much she cares. It's it's truly yeah. so refreshing and so nice. And I wish her the best. I want more Kamala. Like I I love her so much. Yeah, I, I believe she's written three of her own comics now, and they mm. have a they have okay reviews. But I mean. I don't care. They could suck so bad and I don't care because she's writing her own comics of her own character of who she's playing. Yeah. That's never Mm. happened. That is a huge, huge thing. So God, she's just, she needs to be protected because there's never going to be another one like her. She does. Yeah. And it's just. Oh, totally. I really like the amount of people who haven't said anything negative about her because before when the Marvel's first trailer dropped, there was a lot of toxicity, uh, body shaming, everything shaming for her, but I've seen none of it. It's just, it's fantastic. And I'm just so freaking happy. I know it's true. I have really haven't seen anyone talking about Iman and that's, and that's excellent. I think people like now that the Miss Marvel's show is, you know, kind of, it came out and it had its time to kind of marinate in the minds of the viewers and all that. I think people really grew to appreciate it a lot more, um, especially with the connotations that she's bringing into the MCU as a whole, like, you know, introducing, you know, the mutant gene in her show, you know, and spoiler alert, if you haven't seen that, which you should have already, but um, yeah, like the fact that she's a mutant, like it, it's, it's amazing what she's bringing into things. She's a mutant. She's just the shiniest little star I ever did see. And I love her so much. <laughs> she is totally she's 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 the apple of our eye truly i mean she she brings just such an innocence and she's just so refreshing and awesome but yeah um i love the fact that they didn't make it like so like that you needed to watch her series before seeing the marvels i like that they kind of gave you what you needed kept the family so you got, got still got the vibes of the show in a smaller mm-hmm. you know capacity and still le- lending it towards the importance that it brings on her character's journey um, because her family is an important part of her character as a whole anyway, because she is young, you know, she's not like Monica and Carol, she's not an adult woman, she's in high school. So I think that, I think it's really interesting, because I draw a lot of parallels with her character specifically to um, Peter Parker and Spider-Man, because when yeah. you think about it, I mean, 
they kind of both got their powers on accident. Um, they both have these like Avenger mentors now, like, you know, Kamala always looked up to Carol and now has, you know, worked with Carol and whatnot. Peter had always looked up to Tony and got to work with Tony. You know, they're very parallel with each other, which I love. He's from Queens. She's from Jersey City, both New York area, adjacent, whatever. Um, so, yeah, I think that it's interesting because then they're both like fanatics because, you know, Peter used to get around the Avengers. And now you see it with Kamala, how she gets around the Avengers and, you know, Nick Fury and, and Carol. And I just I love the I love it. I, I can't wait for them to to finally meet on screen. I think that's going to be crazy. I don't know. They're just both so freaking wholesome. Like you want to protect them so much. They've just been through so much. And I think with Kamala's family, it's an even bigger deal because of her culture and how family oriented that mm -hmm. is too. So I love that they bring that side of it. It's all of it. It's just, it's true. I think they've handled her so, so well. If you don't like the power change, I get it. It's fine. I didn't read her comics. I'm just now starting. So yeah, the power change doesn't, doesn't bother me at all because I'm seeing it from a different perspective. But her as a character, they've done mm -hmm. so well. They've shown this wholesome show that showcases how she got her powers, the culture of her and who she is, her family. And it's, I think it's been great. And I think this even furthered her incredible character arc. And I think we're going to see so much more of it. I hope so. Moving on to a lesser extent, the fact that, you know, you didn't need to watch the Miss Marvel to understand the Marvels. Uh, this also applies to the way in which WandaVision fits into the Marvels, as Tiana Paris's Monica Rambeau takes on a more prominent role in her big screen debut in the MCU, which I was very happy about. Rambeau is only a supporting character in the 2021 limited series, but her experience during the blip, the death of her mother, and her superhero transformation are memorable moments in WandaVision that work well within its larger story about Wanda Maximoff, Elizabeth Olsen, and her grief. Some of these scenes are recycled in the Marvels for fans to relieve, relive or witness for the first time, providing something of a foundation or context for the film to build on while remaining easy enough to follow for its first-time viewers. Monica's origin story unfolds across three projects, her childhood in Captain Marvel, her superhero birth in WandaVision, and her rise to prominence in the Marvels. Uh, I was really happy to finally get some more um, context around Monica Rambeau and, you know, you know, what her deal is more of her personality, because really, you know, it's true. Her, her entire character was based as like a side character in Wanda's story, like a supporting influence, not a main character that we got to learn too much about. So I'm really happy. We finally got, you know, the nitty gritty of how she felt when her mom died, you know, and she wasn't there and, you yeah. know, how she felt towards Carol and just what she does that Saber, what her relationship is, you know, with her job. We finally got a lot more context behind that and, you know, what it means for her to be an astronaut and, and how it, how her powers that she received in WandaVision have affected her thus far. I really loved that additional context. I was eating that up and I loved it. I like, I like Monica's character a lot, actually. I do too. I was hoping for a bit more of her. Uh, some parts of the mm -hmm. movie that involved her felt a little rushed to me. So... I was a little irritated throughout the movie until the credit scene that we will get to. Then it felt like, okay, so there is going to be more of her. So that kind of mm -hmm. sealed the deal for me. But I just, I can't get enough of her. She's such a yeah. strong, strong character. I, I like how well she worked with everyone in the movie. I really like her and Fury's little friendship they have going on there i thought it was really really mm -hmm. sweet i thought it was all really well done i liked it a lot too and I, I think um what's funny is that going into this film i feel like she was probably the character i was least excited about not for any particular reason just because i don't know like you're so excited to see captain marvel right she's the big star mm -hmm. and then you're so excited to see miss marvel because i mean i like i said i i really love the marvel uh, i really love miss marvel the deep disney plus series and i knew you know that kamala and carol were gonna just be crazy energy like going back and forth with you know the relationship of like this idolization Kamala has for for Carol Danvers and Captain Marvel um yeah. but then you've got Monica Rambeau who's this more you know she's more of um you know a company girl she's more of like a I don't want to say shield agent because she's not a shield agent but just that kind of a personality right where she yeah. is a professional woman she's a she's also I think a scientist um or scientist adjacent whatever she's an astronaut in any case which is very impressive and I just kind of pictured her being more of like that kind of a role 
but she really surprised mm-hmm. me the personality that tiana paris infused into the performance as monica like you know still being like a you know a company gal where she's you know career oriented and she's you know she's got her profession on the forefront of her mind because that's what she does she's an astronaut that, that that kind of is what defines her a lot um is her fascination with space and her her wanting to as we saw in WandaVision, you know, go to space and get involved in these crazy, like weird things and investigating these weird occurrences. She, she, like, she thrives off of that, obviously. I mean, she clearly never learns her lesson, though, I will say, because <laughs> if you guys remember in WandaVision, she gets herself in trouble, like touching the hex and getting sucked in. And that's exactly what she does in this film. Like at the very beginning, <laughs> she's like, Ooh, what's going on with this jump point? Let me just like touch this real quick and see. And then again, the same thing. She, messes up you know all their powers get entangled whatever like she never learns but you know I, I really did find her character delightful and i love that they're setting her up for more like megan said with that crazy post-credit scene and yeah just i i'm, I'm happy that, that we finally got some answers of what was going on between her and carol because it, there definitely seemed to be some friction from one division definitely yeah um i think a lot of people were like um they were excited to see kamala of course they were interested or hate watching for Captain Marvel. But then <laughs> I think a lot of people who didn't read the comics that with Monica Rambeau, when she was her mom's call sign was Photon, um, they didn't know her because she hasn't had anything to do with anything unless you've watched WandaVision. Some haven't watched it. Some mm-hmm. don't watch the Disney Plus shows. So... I think it's understandable a lot of people went there not really excited for her because if you're just an MCU movie watcher, you don't know. And if you just if you watch any of the MCU as a whole, you're like, okay, well, the lady from WandaVision, cool. But I yeah. there's she's in the comics, she's just such a solid character. She's a good character. So I really like that she brought the character to life. She was she was Monica Rambo. It was it was really really cool, and I am so yeah. interested to see what they do with her now, because of that post credit scene. I know, I know. Oh my god, where they left her is just insane. But uh, we'll discuss that in a second. Um, I mean, I will I will say, you know, Villani is a welcome spark plug. Paris gets more to do than she did in a supporting role on Wandavision, while Brie Larson. Captain Marvel turns in her best Marvel performance to date. And I wholeheartedly agree with that. Like she blew me away. She, she really did a great job in this film. I felt. I think they gave her a lot more to work with this time because I I know people Mm -hmm. say that she was, she has wooden acting. No one's ever said that about her before Mm -hmm. in any other movie she's been in until Captain Marvel when she was supposed to be that way. Also for all you people, I find it interesting that everyone complains about her wooden acting in Captain Marvel. No one says a damn thing about Captain America when how wooden he is when he's supposed to be. They're both military people. They're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. let's let's stop. Let's all calm down. You can't tell me that she let's didn't do well in this movie. She showed empathy. She showed joy. She showed happiness. She showed love. And it was so good. I think it really did turn around a lot of people. So, I mean, just don't take that away from her. She was great. And I'm really happy for Brie Larson because you and I both know how terrified she probably was for this movie to come out with all the hate she's got. Oh my God. I I was thinking about that and I was like, I wonder if like she was scared, like with this coming out. I wonder if she was, if she's like read, like some of the things people have been saying, like, you know, I, I just, I mean, I don't know. I feel so bad for her because she doesn't deserve half of the crap. And I think that's interesting because there was even a line in the film where Samuel Jackson's Nick Fury was talking about like, oh, you know, she's the one who cares the most, but she's the one who gets the most grief for it. And I think that was kind of like a dig kind of at those toxic fans who give her really the most, give her the most grief over like the stupidest shit. And it's like, you're right. I mean, it it is kind of like a double standard when you compare her to some of the other characters that they really like a lot of these toxic fan people out there really dug their claws into this whole um, wooden acting bullshit that they like to perpetuate. Um, yeah. And as Megan said, and as we've discussed on this podcast in the past, it's it's a part of the character. When you think about what the character's motivations were in the first Captain Marvel film, and you think about her story, where she's at, where her head was at, and, you know, we're not going to get into it all over, but, you know, 
someone who doesn't have their memories, they're not going to act like oh, the best gal pal you've ever had on screen. You know what I mean? Like it, that doesn't seem natural to the character. And I'm, I think that Brie has always played this character well. I've never had a complaint. I've always loved it. And I think she continues yeah. to do so. I mean, she really dug into Carol as a loner who needs to hash out old issues with Monica and deal with the fawning fangirl who is Kamala and also face a regrettable incident from her past with uh, the Kree. So, I mean, we see her show great emotion throughout the movie. Uh, we see her show empathy to Kamala for how, you know, how she spoke to her at one point in the film when she kind of yelled at her. She kind of yeah. goes back and says, like, oh, I'm so sorry. You know, I didn't mean to speak to you like that. And we see her show Monica love, you know, and she truly considers Monica to be like her family. It's not like, oh, that's just like, you know, my, my friend's daughter. It's like, no, this is my niece. I'm her aunt. And you can tell she takes that seriously. Like she, she loves Monica. Yeah. Um, it's, it's like they're really family. And we see her laugh and joke around with Kamala and Monica. We see her struggle with her ongoing memory loss. So that they're still keeping that plot point prominent and active, which is interesting. And I'll get into that in a little bit. Um, but it, it, it is safe to say, as Megan said, they did give Brie much more to work with in this movie. And I will say, like, it really is her, her best performance in Captain Marvel. And I think that her character just keeps getting better and better. And I'm so happy that she's, she's not letting these people that talk shit because she's a female or because she's wooden or because she's this or whatever stupidities they like to make up. Like she's not giving into them. She's like, I'm here. I'm still putting in the work and you know what? You can suck it. So I respect it. That takes a ballsy person because most of us would be crying in a corner. If that many people were that loud about hating us, it's, it's just so sad. But I'm so proud of her. She did so good in this movie. And if you don't think so, that's perfectly fine. I don't care. Um, but she did. <laughs> she did do it, though. Like, she did work with more. She, she worked so well off Kamala and Monica. They, As a whole, they were so good together. They all brought something that was needed into their little trio. It was perfect. Kamala's this fun and comedic, just keeping everyone grounded and humble. There's Captain Marvel, mm -hmm. who she's just trying to fit in. She loves Monica. She's learning to love Kamala, but she's also learning to accept love from Kamala, which she's not used to. And then you have Monica, who keeps it very real. And they mm -hmm. just... Oh, Monica's a very grounded character, so it, it was all really, really well done. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Um, I just, I, I really must say, like, I, I, I love the film. Um, I really loved pretty much, I, I mean, I, there was nothing that I really could complain about. I think that, you know, I would, especially like when you compare it to like, let's say Love and Thunder, like I thought this was a great movie compared to <laughs> like in our Secret Invasion, you know, I, I think that yeah. this, this movie really, it, it was really positive. I think that a lot of where the box office is suffering from with this is the fact that there were the SAG strikes is the fact they couldn't promote the movie like they normally would have. Um, you know, the stars would have normally been doing a press tour for the past few weeks leading up to the premiere. Um, and they just weren't able to do it because of the strikes. And I'm just, I'm happy that now they're trying to, you know, kind of get the actors out there. You know, it, it kind of premiered on the day that the strikes ended. So it was just tough timing. But I, I will say I, I really I really enjoyed it from start to finish. There was nothing in the movie that I like could honestly tell you that I really hated and disliked and like wish they hadn't put in. Everything was 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 fine. It was good. There were a few parts where I I'm still confused about like towards the end when Monica goes through the wormhole and she says, I always knew I would have to stay or something. What? How long have you known this? I... What do you know? What are you talking about? Like that part, I was like, okay, I think we're missing a scene here. Something's wrong. Yeah. That that was weird. There um like a lot yeah. of it. Her coming into her powers. I wanted to see more of her powers, her using them. Because mm -hmm. you could see that she was struggling when Fury had to tell her to go fly. And she's like, no, and he's like, use the black girl magic. Mm -hmm. Which I thought was really cute. I love <laughs> I that. Like, <laughs> I don't I thought it was great. I don't know how you don't like that. Um I like oh, that yeah. little that little weird little interaction between them. I th mm -hmm. there were some parts that felt a little rushed, but this was a fun fun watch. And I know I'm in the mi minority here, but I really liked the singing planet. I liked that a lot. I did too. I did too. Right. 
And everyone's saying, if I want to see a musical, I'll watch a musical. You watched WandaVision. You didn't. You all loved yeah. Agatha's. You liked Agatha's song. Why can't you like this? Just, like, get out. Yeah. But I mean, if you don't like it, that's also fine. <laughs> Just a little defensive. It's yeah. been a long few days since our spoiler ban in our Facebook group, Mediaverse Comics and Rap, stopped. Because there are very, very spirited yeah. ideas about this movie. Really good ones, though. Yeah. So. I thought all, all in all, I'd give it like an eight out of five out of ten. An eight, eight and a half out of ten. I'd give it that. Okay. You know what? I actually agree with your rating. Eight and a half out of ten. You know what? Yes. That's a good one. <laughs> Perfect. I think the also, same. And the, like, I, like I, I had very few minute little things that I like that kind of were off to me, kind of like you. But, uh-huh. you know, for the most part, I really think it was like an 8.5 out of ten. I will agree. Yeah. But also, Secret Invasion was not, <laughs> it was not referenced at yes. all. <laughs> oh my God. But everyone's saying that this movie happened before Secret Invasion. I am here to tell you, I don't believe that. Because in Secret Invasion, they said Nick Fury hasn't been on Earth in years. He was on Earth in the Marvels. Oh. So, and then... Nick, uh, not Nick Fury, Samuel L. Jackson said in an interview for Secret Invasion that Secret Invasion had to happen for the Marvels to happen. Okay. Then what am I missing? That, well, first thing I'm going to preface by saying is that I've been reading a lot of reports lately that the movie was trimmed down like a lot. There were a lot of things removed and I I even like was looking at a couple of uh, Twitter threads today showing like scenes that were shown in the trailers that didn't make it into the film. Like there was a scene between Monica and Carol, like they were having some kind of like really deep conversation in the rain somewhere. There was no rain in this film really at all. (laughs) Um, There was another scene where Darben had like kidnapped Kamala. That was like a storyline they had, like where you see Kamala sitting in like a, like a little energy barrier prison or whatever. And Darben's like interrogating her. Um, That's something didn't, that was cut out. I know there was a lot more to the musical scenes that was cut. Um, so I think that there was definitely some reshaping and some like, some plot that was removed from the film. Um, before, like that was kind of attributed to the short runtime and also, you know, kind of some of the, not pacing issues, because I feel like despite the fact that it was so short, I will say I didn't, upon the first time watching it, I didn't feel like it was rushed. I didn't feel like it was like too short. I didn't feel like, you know, they were jumping around like, you know, too quickly. I felt that it was paced fairly well. Um, I will say, I did too. at least in my opinion. Um, I agree. So that was definitely not a complaint. I mean, I definitely what I have liked to have seen the movie, you know, like at least two hours. Yes. Cause I feel like there definitely could have been a little bit more like little, some, like some extra moments between Monica and Carol, for example, discussing Maria and like some other little other, like some just little expansion things I think could have been really great. Um, not that I'm saying that it needed it, but I think that would have been awesome to see and it would have helped flesh out the narrative a little more. But there were definitely some some times in the film where like just you could tell something was cut or like they kind of went somewhere like a little fast. Like, for example, when I, like you know, the singing planet thing. I love that whole sequence. I thought it was great. I love seeing Brie Larson in the dress. She looked like she's gorgeous that dress looks so good on her. I, yes, I, I would have loved to see more of her singing because I know she has a beautiful singing voice. Yeah. But I can understand why they cut some of the singing down because I think a lot of fans would have had the like the comments like oh it's and want to see a musical blah 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 for the movie like I feel like if they had made it too much longer it would have become like superfluous but if yeah. they would have cut it too short it would have been like why they even include this I feel like it was just the right amount um and I don't know I just I feel like that there was it was like that was kind of the thing with the singing planet was like they Darben comes is stealing their oceans then we like never hear about them again so it's like did they like die like do they not have ocean anymore like what happened what happened to these people um so that was one thing and then the second thing was like at the end I got the chance to see the movie twice and it was upon the second watching that I really fully understood like that Carol was the one moving into Monica's house because they didn't, okay, they, yeah. they kind of like, they made it seem like it was all of them moving in or something. I thought it was Kamal and her family. I I didn't know exactly. it was Carol until like 
two days ago. I had no idea. I thought she was helping them. Now, now it's like they really exactly. are so nice to help her because no one wants to help someone move. Like that's just really nice people. Yeah. <laughs> and here's and the then, thing: like Monica's house is in Louisiana. The Khan family lives in Jersey City, which is like New York area. So like they had to go to all the way to Louisiana to help this person move. It's like that's so nice of them. Like that's what also what kind of confused me. I'm like, why would they be going all the way to Louisiana to help her move? Like it was just so weird. But I was like, okay, well, we'll just roll with it. But it just felt like they didn't explain that well enough. I had took me a couple watches to like finally be like, okay, like now I understand what's happening. You know what I mean? I thought well, I didn't know who was moving in, but I assumed it was the cons. And then Mm-hmm. I was like, maybe they'll have a room for Carol for her when she visits. I, I don't know. Yeah. But now it's like, now Carol's moving in. I'm like, Carol, you could have done that yourself, you know. You could have just moved in. <laughs> like, you have powers. But whatever. My other problem, like, the one thing I just did not like was Darben. I feel like she was such a forgettable villain. Like, really? Yeah, it's just she didn't didn't have much of a threat for very long, and you just mm-hmm. she's not a she's not a lasting memory. She's not an Ultron, a Thanos, like you know what I mean. It's not one of those yeah bad bitches, man. I I she did well in the role. I really liked her, but I don't think they gave her enough stakes because mm-hmm. it's like you wanted to hear her passion as to why she's doing this why she's against carol why she calls her the annihilator but it was like it just kind of fell on deaf ears for me that part but i think there's with such a shortened time there's not too much they could have done with that yeah i definitely think they cut out some of the darben stuff we would have gotten in a in a longer film um like i said before they cut out that scene where she kind of kidnapped kamala um yeah i do agree with what you say i my my thing is i actually liked i liked darben for the fact that like the character was interesting I felt like mm-hmm. I like Zawe Ashton did a great job in the role. Whenever she was on screen, like she commanded presence. She was very good yeah. as, as the villain. Um, I feel like her whole like crazy vibe that she was giving off was super interesting. I feel like we haven't had a villain like that in Marvel, but you're absolutely right. I feel like her impression that she left on the MCU was just so minimal because it just it felt I don't know. It, it, it they made her seem like a small villain. And I feel like like she gave this great performance, but like her villain was just like, Meh. you know what I mean? I don't know. It, it was yeah. something about that that I didn't like. I didn't get is the thing she was doing was huge, and it was enough to mm. uh, shake the Marvels. But her as a villain, did, it didn't feel like the same people were doing it. It it was very very strange. But I think she Zoe Ashton did the best she could do. Yeah. And I really mm. like her. And it makes me really happy to know that she has birthed Tom Hiddleston's child. I feel like that's a... <laughs> you get instant instant respect for that. I think she, she was really good in the role. I liked her acting. I she Like I said before, she commanded the screen presence. Um, I just feel like that's the type of villain that shouldn't have been like fried up at the end like i feel like maybe like severely injured to the point where they like take the bangles off her and like arrest her finally but i don't think killing her was the right move i feel like she should have come back at a certain point but then again it's like at this at that same time it's like carol's leaving all these villains in her wake because we still have you know jude law's character beyond rog somewhere out there not addressed yeah um i i think i think honestly I, I would have liked to have seen her villain kind of like live on to fight another day because I do think she was she was good enough for that, but they didn't give her enough in the film, I guess. I don't yeah. know. It, it's complicated, I guess, what I'm trying to portray here. But Megan Megan gets it. Megan understands. I get it. I get it. We just we just get each other. We just get each other. Um <laughs> but speaking on the whole Jude Law thing, I mean, I think that it, one thing that I found interesting about the film is that bringing up Carol's memory loss still affecting her. They did make it a point to mention that she still uses that um pre-torture device to go into her memories and try and like dig out those old memories. After 30 years, she's still trying to get her memories back. Um and they showed the flashbacks to Jude Law. I think this is something that we can tell still needs to be resolved. Um she she fulfilled her promise from Captain Marvel 
She went back to Hala. She destroyed the Supreme Intelligence like she said she was going to. But we didn't get any updates on Jude Law. We didn't get any updates on Yanrog, like what their relationship is. And, and, you know, if you guys remember from the first film, he's the one who kind of was brainwashing Carol into being this soldier and like keeping her from remembering her real life, trying to keep her as like a Kree weapon. Um, So I just think that maybe he's definitely going to come back at some point in the future. Um, They made a point to bring him in flashbacks and to bring up that whole memory loss still affecting her. I think maybe that might be the key to restoring her full memories is. I think so too. Their next confrontation. Or they, I mean, the end credit scene, they showed X-Men and in the comics, what happens to Carol Danvers? She gets her powers drained by Rogue. So mm-hmm. what if when she gets her powers drained, which I think is going to happen at some point, that's when she gets all her memories back. <gasps> Ooh, they like twist it. You know what? That's so a, it's a trade. That's a good yes. point. Because in the comics, doesn't she get her powers taken, but also Rogue takes her memories? I don't know. That's what happens in the comics. So I think that it would be interesting if this time, because it's kind of like the opposite of what they're doing, right? So when they introduced her, she gets her powers, has her memories taken. Maybe when she gets her powers removed, she gets her memories back. She has to live on Earth. That's kind of how I think of it, because it's like, you know, in order to fulfill like a rogue X-Men storyline with Captain Marvel like that, they can't just repeat the first movie where she loses her memory again. You know what I mean? That would be like boring. And yeah, you know what I mean? It just wouldn't make sense. So I think, if they did the opposite, that's a good theory, Megan. I love that. Yeah. It's interesting. They introduced two Carol Danvers in this movie because binary and the end credit scene, she's a Carol Danvers duplicate. So that I feel like that means something like out of all characters, binary. Something something's cooking here and I like it. Something is cooking here. And let's talk about that. Um, that and credits or the post or the mid credit scene, excuse me, that mid credit scene um, with binary. I thought it was so cool. Like to see Monica wake up and her mom is there and she's like, Oh my God, mom. Like it, it, that part got me. I was like, Oh my God, it's her mom. She thought her mom was dead. Like that. I was, I loved that they did that. But then when they introduced her as binary, I was like, Whoa, this is crazy because it's now the third Captain Marvel esque variant that Lashana Lynch is now, or not the third, I guess it's the second, Marvel Captain Marvel esque character that Lashana Lynch is bringing to screen after you know she got to play an alternate universe version of Captain Marvel where she got the powers instead of Carol, and now we're seeing her as binary in this X Men universe, um, and possibly mm-hmm. without even without having a daughter. So I think it's it's interesting that they they keep bringing Lashana Lynch back for these different roles, and the whole point that they made this like an X Men universe and brought back Beast, you know. Played by Kelsey Grammer, uh, like that was insane. I loved that, and it sh- it shook me for sure. My mouth hit the floor. Yeah, and they he name dropped Charles Xavier. Yes, I mm-hmm. did not see that coming. So it kind of gives you eh, not much to go on, but still, like that's that was a huge thing. I never thought they'd actually introduce X Men. They just did. That's so it was really cool to see kate bishop and her dog lucky the pizza dog um (laughs) i liked i it's been so long since we've seen kate bishop and she was just such a sight for sore eyes i have missed her so much and i didn't i didn't like hawkeye the show and and then i saw her and i was like oh i'm rewatching hawkeye (laughs) i like her so much (laughs) I think it's time for a Hawkeye rewatch, especially because it's like a Christmassy show and it's like the holidays are coming up. Yeah. I think it's the perfect time. I think I need one too. <laughs> I think I do too. I agree. I agree. And she name dropped Cassie Lang. Not name dropped her, but yes. I think Ant-Man has a daughter. That was really cool. So Young Avengers I, is happening. Yeah. We, we all said it wouldn't happen. It's coming, y'all. Here we are. Yes. It's I'm, coming. I'm excited. I'm so excited. Yes. Out of everything that's happened uh, happened in that movie, which I really liked, they gave us these two banger credit scenes. Like Marvel, mm-hmm. I did you hear me complaining about Secret Invasion? Is that why you did this? That's so nice of you, Kevin. I know. <laughs> <laughs> they they. I will say they were not 
lacking in cameos this movie. Um, excuse me. Between um, Valkyrie coming through, Kate Bishop, uh, Kelsey Grammer, and Lashana Lynch in that po- in that mid credit scene, like they they were bringing them out. And I, I mean, I'll be honest with you, the Valkyrie cameo kind of for me it just felt like short and like just it felt like weird i guess because she just came in for like a second okay i'm taking these, these scrolls bye and like just left it just felt like so quick but i feel like it, the implications it raised it made yeah. it so like okay they're hinting at more but i, I just would have liked like a little bit more there i guess i don't know i would it like her to cool. stick around for i think second, so i don't know i think where they shot themselves in the foot with that is why did you put it in the trailer you could have just not okay yes and she, yeah and she came in on the bifrost which is really close to the bifrost again but it was like mm-hmm. you hinted at this huge friendship between carol and valkyrie gave us nothing of that and then she left <laughs> so what you didn't have to put in the trailer that was rude you didn't have to do that you know what you're doing yeah. it was cool to see her and you know it what's funny nice. like when it was nice. It was very nice. I just, I, the funny thing is I didn't see that trailer because I kind of like cut myself off of trailers a few weeks before the movie comes out. I kind of just stopped watching them. Um, mm-hmm. And I just, I know people were saying, and I knew it was hinted at like way back when, when we were seeing like leaked set photos from the Marvel's makeup trailer and you saw a picture of Lashana Lynch and a picture of Tessa Thompson on the back wall. Yeah. So I was like, okay, there's, yeah. I think there's going to be a little cameo here. And then they decided to throw it into the trailer, which I found out about, found out about later. Um, it just it felt so short and sweet. Like, oh, I'm calling a friend. Oh, she's here. Oh, hey, hey, Marv, don't be sad. You're gonna be fine. I'll take these girls off your hands. Find them somewhere else. Bye. And then just left. And it was like, okay, <laughs> what the hell? That she said that in the film. I'm it, it, okay. Did she? I could have hallucinated this, but like the second time I watched it, I heard her. She she like Carol's like, oh, I'm like I'm really. She was talking about how alluding to like how she was stressed with everything that was going on and. And how she was like, I don't know what to do. And and Valkyrie was like, Oh, Marv, you know, it's okay. It's gonna be all right. You know, you're, you're you know, you're strong. Whatever, whatever she said in that dialogue, I can't remember specifically. Did now. she? But um, I swear she did. But like, I could be totally wrong. So you know, don't quote me. But I'm pretty sure she called her Marv, which I found cute. And the kiss on the cheek, I also found cute. And a lot of people are, are yeah. saying that they might be, you know, a little canoodly woodly. So. I don't know. Let's see. They they would be cute together. Let's see. But can we just talk about? I think so. Can we talk about Valkyrie dressed in a suit like she's in the wrong movie and she's actually in Men in Black? <laughs> I know. I she loves her suits, even in Love and Thunder. I know. I was like, girl, what are you doing? <laughs> You're in the wrong set. <laughs> it's just she looks so damn good in them. I said she was the plug queen because she's like. Don't forget, guys, I still have another movie many of you haven't seen. So. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I haven't seen it, so I don't know. <laughs> hmm. I know. Gracious. That one was... Yeah. But I was happy to see her. I'm happy they're hinting at more from these two characters. And I, I'm glad that they're keeping her into the storylines here. Because I, I really do like Valkyrie as a character. I will say she was probably one of the better parts of Love and Thunder for me. Um and I just, I'm really excited. And I, I hope that that implicates that there there is like a relationship between Valkyrie and Carol. And we will get to see more of that. And I mean, speaking of kind of what she did, though, with those scrolls, um, I don't understand this whole secret invasion thing. Because you, you made a good point earlier with what you said. Um, to me, it feels like it would almost make more sense for them to just be like, oh, yeah, it just takes place before. And just kind of, it, it would solve a lot more problems than it fixes. Um, trying to make it take place after. Because... My thing is, there were not any scrolls really on Nick Fury's station. So, like, where was his wife? The whole, where was her name was Priscilla, but her scroll name I can't remember. Where was where was she? Where was Priscilla? Oh God, I don't know. Like th- that's the thing. And then there was there was no mention at all of like you know you think that knowing that Talos is a is a mutual friend of Fury's and Carol's that he would have been like oh you know we lost Talos like. There would have been kind of like some mention of that or something. You know what I mean? Like it just felt like that. It, it felt like because I think originally what the plan was was for Secret Invasion to come after the Marvels, um, but then with the release date shuffles and the pandemic and you know this and that and whatever, it it ended up coming out in the opposite way. So I think that it would have made yeah, more sense for them to release Secret Invasion after Quantum Mania. Quantum Mania and the Marvel switch places. So yes, 
it would have made sense. Uh, also, like, can they stop making scrolls look like little bitches? <laughs> they're they're a, an alien race that you keep making them look like a dog licking its wounds every time I turn around. I don't have any respect for yeah. him. I come on, we got like one badass one, then he died. Can you guys stop? Mm -hmm. Like, this is just stop making it the charity case of the MCU. I want to see some scrolls kills people. So, yeah, yeah. I just I don't know. It, <laughs> it felt like there was definitely some disconnects with Secret Invasion in this film, and I feel like they they really meant it to be a lead up to the Marvels, and it just did not serve that purpose. So once again, thank you for disappointing us, Secret Invasion, with that. Um, I. <laughs> Honestly, it felt like that show never even happened because there was no there was no mention of like the president like waging war with all aliens on Earth or like, you know, all those different things that happened at the end of Secret Invasion. So, I mean, if Marvel wants to ignore Secret Invasion, I'm good with that. I wouldn't mind. So putting that out there. <laughs> We have some comments from our members of Mediaverse Comics Unwrapped on what they thought of the movie. What would you like to read it, Max? Of course. So let's start off with Tony, who gives us a full review. And this one's a long one, so stay tuned. He says, I loved the Marvels. Particularly, I love the awkward chemistry between the loner space century Carol Danvers, the high-energy teenager Kamala, who worshipped her, and Carol's dissatisfied niece, Monica to quote Fury. I thought this space jump point anomaly was a clever way to force them together and make Carol and Monica face each other after 30 years. As Kamala's world centers on family, I found it poignant that it's she who becomes the glue that really bonds Carol and Monica again. Really visualize when Kamala urges Carol to join her and Monica's hug, awkward as it is. On that point, I liked how Brie Larson leaned into the idea of a woman trying to find her emotions because of her memory loss. It's clear Carol knows how to be a warrior, an avenger, and even a friend, but seems to have trouble being a matriarch to her number one teen fan and her long-distant niece. Brie plays up the an unsure adult kind of masterfully, and it's great to see her able to emotionally bounce off a family of her own, just like other Avengers have been able to do in their own past movies. Hmm. Carol's real power-up in the Marvels is not that she goes binary or whatever, it's that she finally gets a family and a home again after 30 years of being alone. Yes, the villain could have been more fleshed out, but I also think Darben wasn't in this for selfish reasons. She really existed as a symbol of Carol's mistakes coming home to roost. The collective grief and anger of the creep people, kind of like walking, talking female superior intelligence. The true villain of the Marvels was Carol's history of bad decisions. Anyone who says the Marvels is a typical mid-level MCU movie, I think is missing the subtext between the special effects. In many ways, I think the Marvels is one of the most unexpected and creatively daring MCU movies yet. Wow. Well, well that said. Was a good that was awesome. I really, I really liked it. Amazing. Yeah. Thank you, Tony. He really hit like every great point of the film, and I really love the way he he talks about you know Carol's mistakes and like how that plays a lot in her personality and her storyline because it's true and and really he's right. There is a lot of subtext in this film. And I feel like that was intentional because it was such a short film. They kind of relied a lot on the subtext. And I really hope that people mm -hmm. aren't missing it. But Tony, I mean, Tony really, he he did a great job identifying everything. Fantastic review, honestly. Yes, I fully agree. Claire says, just seen it for the second time today and enjoyed it more the second time around. It's not the best Marvel movie, but it is really fun and enjoyable. The Fleur Kitten scene is one of my favorites in the whole MCU and yes, I have to agree. I love that whole scene. We didn't talk about it enough. It, it was so, it was just like a nice bit of comedy and not over the top. And I really love that. I agree. It was, it was very well done. Oh God. I, I need to see more Fleur Kittens in my life. I know. I, I, I really loved it. I didn't expect Goose to get pregnant and be giving birth all over the ship because I knew there were Fleur Kittens in this. I didn't realize how they were going to get there. And I, I feel like that was just like, of course, that's how that happens. I mean, how else? Um, yeah. And the Barbara Streisand song playing during this all this chaos where they're trying to like get the Fleur Kittens to eat everyone on the space station was just like so brilliant. <laughs> I love it. It was so it. perfect. It was. All right. So our last review from a member Stuart said 
Personally, I didn't like it that much. I feel like it doesn't matter all that much in the grand scheme of things other than we now know the bands are quantum bands, plus a way to start giving fan service for the X-Men. I'm a tad biased as I'm not a fan of Captain Marvel or Miss Marvel anyways. I'm trying to give them a chance. Okay, that's fair. Honestly, you aren't a fan of Captain Marvel or Miss Marvel, but you still went and watched the movie, and I respect the hell out of that. Like, that's... Yeah. I'm glad people are actually giving it a chance rather than writing it off. And he tried it, mm-hmm. and he didn't like it, and that's perfectly fair. I think these are these honest reviews are... We're, everyone's writing these off too much. Let's listen to these kind of reviews. I like this. Same. I feel like he was respectful and like, and it's completely fair review. I mean, listen, we don't have to like every single Marvel project. I mean, like we, Megan and I just spent like 20 minutes talking about how we did not like Secret Invasion and Thor Love and Thunder really cuts it short in my book. Um, There's definitely projects that we like more than others and that's okay. It's just when you're outwardly trashing the cast and the actors and just everything and saying Marvel's dead and, it's the end of the MCU and this and that and going crazy on these ta- like wild tangents that really have nothing to do with like anything. You know, that's where I draw the line. It's like, you know, get a life. <laughs> you know what I mean? Where I draw the line is if you're talking shit and you haven't even watched the movie. So Oh yeah. You don't you that's don't true. get you don't get a choice here. So I'm sorry, but Exactly. So moving on, we have a lot of Easter eggs, so I'm going to try to get through this very quickly because there's so many. Hmm. So bear with me, people. Marvel logo change. It seems that, like, from now on, the traditional Marvel Studios logo will be customized for each movie. The first half of the sequence is the same with the flyby graphics of Iron Man, Hulk, and the rest of the original Avengers. But in the second half of it, with the visuals and the Marvel letters, there are shots of Carol from Captain Marvel, shots from Monica from WandaVision, and shots from Kamala from Ms. Marvel, respectively. Next one. The very beginning of the Marvels includes a fun connection between Kamala Khan and Iman Vellani's real life, as the young superhero is shown drawing and writing her own Ms. Marvel comics. The decision not only gives connection to Iman writing Miss Marvel comics for Marvel in reality. The actress wrote the limited series Miss Marvel, The New Mutant in 2023, which incorporated the MCU's origin change to make Kamala Khan a mutant in the comics, too. Next one. If you'll notice that in Kamala's bedroom, there's a multi- there's multiple images of sloths hanging on the walls. This is a holdover from the comic version of Kamala Khan, who is obsessed with sloths. Kamala's YouTube channel, for example, is called Sloth Baby Productions. Okay, when Monica says that she got her powers from a witch hex, she's referring to the events from WandaVision, which aired in 2021. In that show, Wanda Maximoff, played by Elizabeth Olsen, creates an alternate reality for herself in Westfield, New Jersey, called The Hex, where Vision, Paul Bettany, is alive and happily married to her. Monica, by passing through the hex, gains her superpowers. All right, you guys still with me? Great, because I have more. <laughs> One of the planets that Carol, Monica, and Kamala visit in the Marvels is Tarnax, a scroll refuge colony. Although the planet and the colony are new to the MCU, it could be familiar for comic readers. It was introduced in the pages of Fantastic Four number 18 in 1963 as the capital of the Scroll Empire, Tarnex IV, also known as Throne World, has been featured in storylines including Fantastic Four, Captain Marvel, the Illuminati, the X-Men, Galactus, and many, many more characters. Galactus, not, not Darben, is responsible for destroying Tarnex in the comics. Next one. In the Miss Marvel TV show, we see a flashback to when clandestines found Kamala's bangles. They took the bangle off the partially buried blue arm, which many viewers speculated at the time to be Kree. The Marvels confirmed that speculation. We see the Kree main villain, Dar Ben, locate another bangle, and we learn that they are the Quantum Bands, two of the oldest and most powerful artifacts in the MCU that, according to Carol, used to be a myth. Darben, sorry, this is the next one, people. 
Darben is also a villain in the comics. The massive hammer weapon she wields is known as the Universal Weapon. And he, Darben, is a man in the comics, was the emperor of the Kree Empire until the Supreme Intelligence took over. Next one. Talos, played by Ben Mendelsohn. Mendelsohn? Mm-hmm. I never said his last name out loud. Talos died in Secret Invasion, and Emperor Drogs, who we meet in the movie, is another refugee scroll leader who is seeking a new home through nonviolent means. In Secret Invasion, Talos tells Nick Fury, Samuel L. Jackson, that Drogs' co- scroll colony is the only one that did not migrate to Earth in secret. Mm-hmm. Moving on, Carol Danvers has a new name given to her by the Kree in the Marvels as they refer to Captain Marvel as the Annihilator. While this is due to Carol's role in the collapse of the Kree planet Hala, there is a comic connection as well. The Annihilators were, mm. is the name of a powerful cosmic team in the comics who served the galaxy in defeating major threats. The team ha- was including Silver Surfer, Beta Ray Bill, and more including Ronan the Accuser, a member of the Kree. Which is interesting because Darben's mm-hmm. hammer looks like Ronan's. So I like that. Moving on. Another quick reference to the MCU lore comes as Kamala and her mother talk about the impending mission to save the galaxy. Kamala's mom refers to Nick Fury as Nicholas, and Kamala corrects her to say his name is just Fury. This connects back to Nick Fury's role in Captain Marvel, where he says he only likes to be called Fury, not Nick or Nicholas or anything else. Next one, the Marvels brings back Kamala Khan's entire hmm. family from Miss Marvel, but Amir's wife, Taisha Hillman, is noticeably absent from the plot. Instead of completely ignoring the fact that she is missing, the movie briefly references her. During the Khan's family trip to the Saber Station, Amir is shown recording a video for his love. Taisha might not be mentioned by name, but it's quite clear that the video is intended for her. Next one is The Marvels brings back Kamala Khan's entire family from Miss Marvel. Shit. All right. X that one out, please. The next one. Okay. Captain Marvel is one of the most powerful beings in the MCU, but she is defeated in battle at the Marvels, similar to Avengers Endgame. When Carol is attempting to defeat Darben, the Kree villain delivers a powerful punch filled with energy that sends her flying backwards. This is reminiscent of how Thanos used the Power Stone to deliver a similarly strong hit at Captain Marvel during Avengers Endgame ending. The singing planet that dominates the middle of the movie in Aladna, in the comics, Aladna is a planet where everyone speaks in rhyme. The comics version of Carol Danvers also becomes betrothed to Prince Yon. And she does so in order to release Lila Cheney, a mutant with intergalactic travel powers, from her obligation. In the movie, Carol seems reluctant to talk about why or how the merit of her marriage, aside from saying that it was for legal and political convenience. So it could be another step to the X-Men. Next, the song that plays while the Fleur Kittens swallow all the people in memory is memory. The song is from a Broadway musical, serves as the emotional climax to Cats, the musical. It tells the story of an old cat named Grizabella, who is remembering when she was young and beautiful. All right. Moving on. Yeah. When Nick Fury crash lands in New York City at the end of the movie, we see a bronze Statue of Liberty, which has been rebranded from its original pose and now holds a fashion of Captain America shield. The statue was damaged during the events of Spider-Man No Way Home, although clearly New Yorkers managed to fix everything up in a month since. All right, people, we only have three more left. At the very end of the movie, Kamala Khan surprises Kate Bishop by showing up to her pad and asking to team up with her. In a speech that perfectly mirrors Nick Fury's at the end of Iron Man, she tells Kate about her plan to bring together a group of remarkable young people. This is a reference to the Young Avengers team from the comics, a group of second-generation superheroes that includes Kate as one of its members. 
Also, her recruiting style is definitely shaped after Nick Fury style when he recruits Tony Stark. Next one, mm -hmm. the massive reveal in the mid-credit scene, there is no end credit scene, is that Monica Rambeau wakes up in the Xavier Institute. The individual who's monitoring her vital signs is Hank McCoy, better known as Beast. <laughs> He's played by Kelsey Grammer from Cheers, Frasier, The Simpsons, who has also played Beast in X-Men, The Last Stand. And, last but not least, at the very end, we discover that Monica Rambeau is alive in the alternate universe, and she is the mutant known as Binary. Sorry, Maria Rambo, not Monica Rambo. In the comics, Binary is a super enhanced version of Captain Marvel, who can manipulate and shoot cosmic energy. Carol, not Maria, embraces Binary as her new alter ego, and she has her mind and powers taken from her by Rogue. And that's Crazy. all the Easter eggs. If you people find any more, let us know. I'm so tired from reading. For Tea Time with Max and Megan, we got new trailers this week for Madam Web and What If Season 2, and we will be discussing them on the next episode because this episode is so filled to the brim. So bear with us and check out our next episode. Stay tuned. Steven Ewan's role in Thunderbolts might have been accidentally revealed. The Walking Dead creator Robert Kirkman let slip who Thunderbolts star Steven Yeun will be playing in the MCU. Speaking with comic artist David Finch, Kirkman revealed, My good friend Steven Yeun is playing the Sentry in a movie. Finch. Finch responded with, I saw that. Yeah, that's coming up. It's going to be pretty exciting. He continued on to say that he just talked to Yeun about a costume fitting for the character he had just gone to, joking he didn't want to get anybody in trouble. He continues to say, yeah, he called me and he said, I just came back from a costume fitting for the century. I guess I only do superheroes that are yellow and blue. He said that he was at the costume fitting and was like, oh, crap, I forgot Invincible was yellow and blue. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Yeah, I I mean, I don't know. I think he's a really great actor and he nails whatever he does, but I would have liked to see him somewhere else in the MCU. But I'll reserve judgment until I see it. Yeah, let's see. Let's see. Yeah. So moving on, Loki's new name. The new Funko Pop for Loki, season two, had his name as God Loki. Marvel Studios then shared an official Loki season two poster showcasing Hiddleston's God of Mischief wearing his new costume. Alongside the poster, Marvel also unveiled Loki's new title as God Loki, which makes sense considering Loki's evolution into his God of Stories persona. A title from the comics that this version of the Asgardian seems to have taken upon himself. It's incredible. I, I'm just, I love Loki. I'm so happy he's just fulfilled his glorious purpose. He deserves it. Uh, a special congratulations to Daniel Pemberton on winning Best Score for an Animated Film at the Hollywood Music and Media Awards for his work on Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Very well-deserved. Some great music in very, that film, for sure. Very well-deserved. Moving on. Filmmaker Destin Daniel Cretton has decided to step away as director of Marvel Studios' Avengers King Dynasty to focus on his other Marvel projects, according to Deadline. Cretton ha has many things on his plate at the moment, such as Wonder Man and Shang-Chi, too. So it's understandable. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people were taking this as like, oh my god, they're not going to do Kang anymore. The Kang storyline is over. They're recasting. They're getting rid of Jonathan Major. It's going to be Doctor Doom. I mean, guys, calm down. I think given the fact <laughs> that he's working on uh, an entire series and a sequel to Shang-Chi, like it's, you know, he does have a lot going on. So I think, you know, it's understandable and I get it. And, you know, with Wonder Man resuming filming soon, if it hasn't already, and Shang-Chi expected to go into production, I think, like, next year or, right, is it 2024? Um, he's got a lot on his plate. So, I mean, it's it's just a lot. And, you know, they need someone else who can step in and, and start from now to work on just King Dynasty because they're going to need the focus on that Avengers movie. It's going to be a big one. Don't fall for the clickbait, people. Yeah. With that being said, Shang-Chi 2 is still <laughs> happening and Destin Daniel Creighton will be directing. So very exciting. 
And speaking of Wonder Man, Wonder Man will resume filming after Thanksgiving to pick off pick up where it left off yeah. from when production was halted due to the strike. <laughs> and our final cup of tea that we're serving piping hot. Venom 3 has resumed filming and it's been confirmed by Tom Hardy posting a picture from the set on his Instagram. So I am so happy to hear that. We will be getting Venom 3 next year and it's looking good. I'm, I'm excited to see what they bring to us now that Venom is officially part of the Spider-Verse, Multiverse, MCU, whatever that they're kind of merging with Sony. So let's let's see what Venom 3 is all about and how that ties in. I'm, I'm excited and they've had lots of time to work on it and make sure it's good. So hopefully they do. I'm just happy for more Tom Hardy. He could play a trash can for all I care. <laughs> That's his next role. <laughs> and he'll nail it. <laughs> Oscar winner for sure. <laughs> <laughs> And that's a wrap on Mediaverse Unwrapped. Thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time, you can follow me everywhere at his name is Max. And you can follow me on Twitter at Megan the Gangsta. Join our non-toxic Facebook group, Mediaverse Comics Unwrapped. Follow our public Facebook page, Mediaverse Plus. Follow us on all of our socials at Mediaverse CU. Our new episodes premiere Tuesdays everywhere you can listen to a podcast. Thanks for tuning in and goodbye for now. Keep it higher, further, faster, people. That's right, baby. Okay. <laughs>